On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. This horrible year never end? We've never lost a year before, and I'll be damned if we're gonna lose one on my shift. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. Welcome back inside an all-new episode of Tall Can Audio for your New Year's Eve. Maddie Lang is with me again today. How's it going, Matt? I am good and happy to be back, my man. How are you doing? I am doing uh, pretty well. Just, uh, you know, getting ready to uh, welcome another new year, 2021 gonna be better than 2000 <laughs> i guess it was marginally better there was uh some improvement and and really i guess if we're being real it has been a better year but uh maybe not quite where i thought we'd be ending it but uh, appreciate you doing this how have the holidays gone for you yeah this is kind of like um and I'm, i know the marvel the marvel character guys will come after me for this but what was this uh infinity infinity wars kind of the end of that one that yeah, feels okay. like what this was like you yeah. know it's it's the end but it doesn't quite and as happy as you wanted to, <laughs> you know, we're not the good guys. Haven't won. We, we might think unsatisfying. And yeah. Right? Like, Thanos has a gauntlet. You know, we just lost Spider-Man in the, <laughs> in the, in the dust. I don't in the metaverse or whatever that thing is called. I the new Facebook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, uh, the year started good, right? I think we had it. We all managed to get in the house a little bit this summer. So you're yep. right. It was better than uh, it was better in 2020. But uh, <laughs> let's let's keep our fingers crossed, right? <laughs> yeah, it can only go up from here. Did you get to spend much time with the family over the holidays? Anything like that? I, I did just very low key stuff. Just a very small, immediate family, like I think most of us were doing, and uh, uh, felt felt comfortable doing it because um, of the line of work. I did get my my uh, test done to be be comfortable going home. Right. Um, but we did, we did, you know, we just kept it very, very small and uh, very short, just a, just a quick two day trip uh, home to Scarborough to see the family, which was nice. So it was nice to see everybody as I've been um, staying away from them a little bit out of caution with everything going on and stuff. And uh, how about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, man. We had some, I would never say uh, big plans. Cause even with everything that was going on, um, 
we knew not to we, we were hoping to gather with a little bit more extended family but with the every the way the numbers were shooting up we canceled that uh, but did get together with my parents and uh and my sisters and uh just at the family cottage you know out in the middle of nowhere yeah. just hoping yeah. to be able to, to hide from the virus a little bit but we shut down all the the bigger stuff that was supposed to go on around it but uh you know it was still nice to get to, to do that and everybody's vaccinated right and um so you're it's just risk management. That's what we're all doing at this point, right? It's just trying to, this is uncomfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with. And, that's right. You know, everybody makes those decisions for themselves at this point. So um, that's sort of where we're at at this point. But I know where I'm at on New Year's Eve, man. I'm ready to have a beer or two and talk <laughs> about the year that was. What are you sipping on today? That's good, man. Um, you know what? Right now, I, I decided to grab an ice cold beer from Leftfield Brewery. Oh, just a nice, easy drinking beer yeah <laughs> just a nice cold beer um i think at some point i might uh get off a little course here and maybe mix in a tequila with a little bit of right? you know? that all right get a little yeah. excited yeah yeah for sure man so what fancy, uh, fancy guy i am you know fresca in my tequila so well left field's <laughs> been getting a lot of love this week on the podcast if people have missed it back on episode 918 that was our annual Brew Marshall Awards, and uh, Michaela was on, and she was having the uh, the phenom from left field, and uh, and she was quite enjoying that one. So it's uh, it's creeping up even into Ottawa. We're all learning about the magic that is left field. Which one did you choose from there? Uh, so just uh, the ice cold beer. That is what. Oh, it's called. that's what it's called. Yeah, I that is called were, the ice cold beer. Yeah, I thought you were just <laughs> describing it. Okay, I, I had no idea, yeah. man. <laughs> it is called ice cold beer. Um, it is just their basic lager. It's uh a silver can um it's definitely their take on the old cores yeah uh, the regular cores the you know Molson canadian you, you got it you got yeah. it so um you know when they unveiled it they're great at marketing so they they released it i want to say like two years ago and i was like well i gotta i gotta try it you know yeah how, how can you not try it and it it really does go over well um for most people i think because it's just you know it's a beer sure, right yeah. and uh Generally, I'll go pick up like one or two things from from the brewery that are a little bit more forward thinking, a little bit more taste experimental. Yeah. yeah, and then a four pack of the ice cold beer just right, to okay. make sure, right? Like you just, I'll always drink those. <laughs> it's well, kind of like some... ha- it's like having a pack of Heineken around the house. Somebody's yeah, all right. just something, yeah, for sure, man. That'll always be appropriate for the uh, the occasion. Fits in anywhere, right? Exactly. So, uh, I got something here that I've been saving for today. Um, that uh, I got for Christmas from one of my sisters and um, they both know beer makes no enemies, right? It's always an appropriate <laughs> gift. Uh, so this is from the Muskoka Brewing Company, the Nanaimo Bar Porter. And Interesting. Okay. I am fascinated to see what this is all about. Um, okay. Now, I, I do love a good Nanaimo Bar, one of my favorite all-time snacks or desserts or whatever you'd want to call it. Um, as long as you don't call it breakfast, buddy. <laughs> well, it's you know we're all in the middle of that week, right? That, that <laughs> week where time has no meaning. But uh, yeah, no, this is um, from Muskoka. Like, and if, if I'm being honest, I'm sort of hit and miss with Muskoka. I know most people love them. I, no, I'm with some, you. I'm yeah, with you. It's 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 all right. Like some of them, I've really enjoyed. Some of them kind of miss me a little bit. Uh, but this was uh, a perfect gift, knowing my love for a the craft beer side of things, but also, um, you know, the the Nanaimo Bar tie-in. It says it's a, a partnership with uh, or in collaboration with the Vancouver Island Brewing Company. So uh, we'll see uh, well, what that's your, all about. There's your Nanaimo for sure, right? So, uh, where, is it Pamela Anderson approved, or are oh, we still waiting for that? Uh... I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, this is chocolate up front, vanilla in the middle, and then uh, comes apparently with a little kick of coconut towards the end, which sounds like an Nanaimo bar. All right, this is a huge bottle. We'll post a picture on our Instagram there at Tall Can Audio. It's also at 9%. So by the time Maddie okay. gets into the tequila, I'll still be rolling around with this thing, hoping to just keep things on the rails, man. Jeez, okay. <laughs> oh, just remember to keep your pants on there, big guy. Just Why? It's New Year's Eve, man. <laughs> Ring it in the New Year. <laughs> are, are you still up in the cottage where there's no cops or what yeah exactly man out in the middle of nowhere just wandering down the side of highway yeah. seven or something right <laughs> this is uh i don't know it's disappointing it's it's good i'm enjoying it but it does not remind me at all of nanaimo bar like that part is lost on me a little bit I, i'm getting a bit of the coconut kick at the end um okay. But the rest, yeah, it's it's not really it's not really bringing what I thought it might or what I hope it would. And I've said this about any type of beer I, I drink, right? If you put that on your label that this is a coconut this or a lemon that or whatever, bring it. I don't want hints. I want a strong kick of it, right? And I don't know. This is uh, this is fine. Like I'm enjoying it to sip on, but it's it's there's nothing to Nimal Bar about it in my mind, and that's that's a little disappointing, man. I was looking forward to it. I mean, you are the guy who, and I'm. I'm Forgetting the name of the beer, but you had me try a coconut. Yeah, Mr. Brown has gone coconuts from Nita. From Nita, right? Yeah. Yeah. And all I could think of was this tastes like tropa tropical like sunscreen to me. <laughs> yes. And you were like, this is the greatest beer I've ever yep, had. Yeah, it's true, man. Yeah, you do not like to mess around. You want the full frontal. Bring it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> full frontal might be what uh, ends up on our Instagram after I finish this thing. We'll see, uh, <laughs> see how that goes. It's been quite a year, man. Um, we got a little bit of sports stuff we'll touch on. We got tons of non-sports stuff we'll touch on as we just sort of look back on what 2021 has been. And it's been at times heavy. There have been some things that have allowed us to be a little happier throughout the year. But when you start with things like what happened on January 6th and the transition of power there with the American election, we move into the way things went the second that the Americans left Afghanistan. We're still and, dealing. Sorry, with, Matt. Can we stop for one second? Yeah. Was, I know this is going to sound really insane when I say this out loud, but was January 6th the insurrection really a year ago? Honestly, oh my man. God. Like we've lived a lifetime since then. No wonder I have like five to six more gray hairs on my chin right now. Oh, like are also, that is 2021 may also be the year of the gray hair for me at this point. They are arriving right. oh, <laughs> in full force. Yeah. And yeah, now that you're saying like January 6th, the insurrection, like who, like, doesn't that sound like that should have been like a PlayStation game or something? Appalling. Yes. That that was a real thing that happened. Uh, and you know what? We, we just continued to, to move through this and, and to kind of, Ah, there's been good stuff too. We saw free Britney. Like there's a bunch of stuff we can, we can touch on here. That was a big deal, man. I was happy to see Britney get her groove back. And, and so we can talk about it, but I sent you an article and there was uh, I want to start here because I don't know that there has ever been a word that more accurately described me that I actually didn't know. Like I'm just learning this word. I'm like, oh, wait, can I get, can I take a guess which one it is? Absolutely. I want you to hit the audience right now with the, this is a word that was, uh, it, it came from a list of most mispronounced words in 2021. It was on 
um, TikTok is where I guess this word stems from. <laughs> no wonder why I don't know anything about it. I'm not a TikTok guy. Maddie, what's the word? You, my friend, and I love you. Yes. But you are chuggy. I am chuggy. You are chuggy, my friend. <laughs> chuggy apparently means, yeah, out of touch, um, unhip. Uh, and apparently it's also very frequently mispronounced. And I don't know. Luckily, the article where I read this in spelt it out like right there showed you how to say it because otherwise i might have been throwing down the chuji or something. yeah i have no idea did you already know before this article were you familiar with the term chugi i was familiar with the term chugi yeah i, I was hip. familiar with it. Knows I, what's up. you know what it is it's, it's not that i'm hip i just i still try to date a lot of 27 28 year old girls Good call. um and they say things and i pretend to know what they mean and then i look them up later google it yeah <laughs> yeah i'm like you know, I just leave the Google Translate open when I'm yeah. on these dates, and I just let it translate for me. <laughs> They're just like, "Why are you on your phone?" I'm like, "Oh, I, I got uh, work messages." Yeah, that's what I got. No, it's uh, I'm just Google Translate. Say that word again into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> chuggy. I apparently am chuggy, uh, and I, you know what? Proud to be, I guess. Right. Uh, w- there was a couple list, a uh, couple items here. Chipotle. Who doesn't? know how to pronounce chipotle. that one got me that yeah. one got me people apparently don't know how to pronounce chipotle uh, it's become pretty big like <laughs> like it's i'm not, not a fan exact, particularly yeah but. and it's also not like the most ethnic word right no i suppose not anything else on that let's do it. there's a bunch of stuff here we're just going to quickly bounce through I but mean, any other recipes me, jump out at you? the one that got me was uh billy eilish people don't know how to say billy eilish like again like you know, you and I were maybe a little bit old to be, let's call it like, but even I know that that is, but we know who it is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're not that out of touch. I I would, would, (laughs) but so uh, as we move through here, uh, why don't we kind of stay in this general area? Um, Webster's dictionary says the word of the year in 2021 is vaccine. And to me, that makes sense regardless of, because I said that to somebody who's not in love with the idea of vaccines. Well, says who I'm like, easy no one's <laughs> saying vaccines are super no one's saying <laughs> i love vaccines simply that the word vaccine was used 600 percent more often in 2021 than in a standard year and so it was the word of the year that uh, makes sense to me man well, like, have you, you know ever what? only ever 600 heard... times more only 600 times yeah more. like i don't get through a day without hearing through an hour it's everywhere <laughs> man whether you're pro-vaccine anti-vax or vaccine shortage like we never heard that word so often in your goddamn life as you did in 2021 yeah. let me ask you about this one because this is both a um a different publication said that this was their word of the year but it's also kind of something that's creeped into the general lexicon um in a few different ways nft and are you familiar with the NFTs? Do you do you yourself own any NFTs, Maddie? I do not own any NFTs. I am familiar, much like Chugi. I am yes. familiar <laughs> with the word. Um, I understand the concept of the NFT, or I'm trying to understand it more in its applications in the world. Right. Um, I still don't get it. <laughs> like for me, I don't get it at all. And like, look, you and I are. You are certainly more hip than I am, but at least I do like to consider myself at least reasonably informed. I don't get it. And I, I understand it's blockchain, right? Um, that similar to Bitcoin or uh, back yeah. to mispronounced um, 
Ethereum. I think we're yeah. going to go with that one. Yeah, but there was also the other one, the Doge Dogecoin or Dogecoin, yes. Yeah, okay. So these are all, I get it, they're blockchain things, they're online, you know, currency. This to me sounds like you paid money for a JPEG, you could download it off Google Images and go, no, I own it. Like, do you? Like, according to who? I and this feels very much, Maddie, like this Bitcoin thing, the the blockchain, the NFTs. This feels like the wild west right now of this technology and that there's probably something to it and there is probably something legit that down the road we will all end up embracing but right now it's unregulated it's unchained it's off like it's just the wild west and everyone is trying to make money off it any way they can think to yes, before yeah. we figure out what this is completely. It's how yeah. it feels to me, man. Yeah, it feels very much like the the nineties and the internet. Yeah. And what what's happening and how we're trying to figure it out. And I think there are people who are gonna make money and there's people who are gonna position themselves for, for ten years from now. Mm-hmm. Um but right now, to just say I own the picture of that LeBron. Nons- it's a little you? nonsense, <laughs> nonsensical right now, right? And um yeah, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting space for for some of these athletes that are getting into it. Tom Brady, Gronk, uh, Tiger Woods they're they're integrated into this right now. Um, you're seeing Nike and Adidas get involved with it. Uh, Under Armour just released whatever it is like two thousand nine hundred x amount of NFT shoes to celebrate Steph Curry breaking the three point record. Right. Um, but when you say that to me, I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like it's a yeah, shoe with a um, picture on it. It's, it's, a, I, it's a graphic of a shoe. Yeah. With, okay. You know, um, so it's not even a shoe. It's a picture of a it's shoe. It's a picture of a shoe um, that, yeah. you know, now I was one of my more tech friendly friends tried to describe to me. They're like, yes, but this is going to integrate into the metaverse and, you know, people are going to oh, have, good. so I'm going to have, you know, one of these 3000 shoes in the metaverse and that's going to be exciting. And I said, you know, if I'm a virgin 13 year old, yes, that's going to be very <laughs> exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. What if I never plan to enter the metaphor? <laughs> like, yeah, is- that was my thing. I was like, I, okay, cool. But like my life doesn't really integrate into what the metaverse is like. My entire Instagram presence is pictures of beer. Do I really seem like I'm about to enter the metaverse? Does that seem like a Matt Robinson thing that's about to happen? <laughs> Probably, yeah, probably. That being said, you know, you and I are probably not the target market. They are, no, you know, no. They are not marketing to the chuggy fellows <laughs> in the room. This episode that, is being titled The Chuggy New Year's Eve Party. <laughs> and if you think we're bad, you know, Rob is not even getting an invitation. Oh, man. Captain Chug, right? He's <laughs> Captain gonna need, Chug. He's going to have to change his Twitter <laughs> handle for sure. <laughs> Um, let's move into the world sports here briefly and touch on it, man. This has been an interesting year in the four major North American, uh, sports leagues. We saw, uh, and shout out to Alex Anthopoulos, first Canadian general manager to win a world series as his Atlanta Braves get it done. Um, Milwaukee Bucks beat the Suns in the NBA finals, Tampa Bay lightning, man, after getting it done in 2020 up in the bubble in Edmonton. They go out and win the Stanley Cup yeah. back to back for a second time uh, and get to do it in front of fans. And then uh, 
you know, most people just across town in Tampa, most people assume Tom Brady was moving down to Florida like you do at that age, right? Right, Getting ready for a nice, peaceful retirement. Not at all. He and the uh, Buccaneers get it done and win a Super Bowl. Um, a couple of really interesting, you know. Greatest of all time, boys. Greatest it, of all it time. It sure looks like it at this point. Which of those four championship winners in 2021 I know maybe this is a little unfair to ask you as uh, <laughs> as the Brady fanboy, but which of those four championship winners are you likely to take forward out of 2021 with you and, and deem to be the most memorable? But I, I, yeah, to- totally unfair. The most memorable for me was was Tom Brady and the Bucks, though. Um, obviously, the, I mean, just the entire storyline of him leaving, you know, the Patriots and him and Bill and then Gronk coming out of retirement, and they didn't start that well. Lost two games to the Bucks. They were just you know, they had to hit a roll. Yeah. Um, they were a wild card team essentially going through and had to win on the road the entire time, except for their first game against Washington. It, it, it was really a, a really great story. I mean, they had to go against the, the new versus old going up against Pat Mahomes and the chief. Yeah. It, it was, it was a well-written story for sure. Um, and one that I think most, you know, I know some people are Brady haters cause he's so good, but that most NFL fans could enjoy. And it was a great game and there was lots of points on the board. And um, and it was one of those first things where we started to see fans yeah, back in the stands. Yeah. I know the NFL was a little different than everybody else just powering through. For but sure. you started to see, you know, some fans in that stadium, plus a, a bunch of the cutouts that they had going on in there. <laughs> it was nice, man. I, most of my family, you know me at best, I'm a casual NFL fan and the rest of my family is somewhere in behind that in terms of level of interest in the NFL. But I happened to be down there at the end of January visiting and we had a little garage party and it felt yeah. normal, right? It felt nice to watch. Hey, it's the Super Bowl. Like even like my parents, my like they watch the Super Bowl because that's what you do, right? It's the Super Bowl. And that felt normal. And it was kind of cool to have fans back in the building. No, I'm not a Tom Brady guy at all. Um, but it was interesting to see him move through and not just him, right? Gronk gives up the 24-7 title in the, out of the WWE and returns to play. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was fun to see the Super Bowl still happen and have it feel somewhat normal, right? Yes, yes. For me, it might be the Lightning. I, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm a hockey nerd, so it is what it is. I do think the Braves were interesting just because they replaced their entire outfield midseason after a couple of injuries and Anthopolis went out and just went, we're not passing on the rest of this team and the rest of this season. Like we know what we are. And if we have to replace our entire outfield midseason, that's what we'll do. And he went on to win it. But the Lightning to to see what they did, and I know all the jokes, and I was part of making them that, you know, they left Kucherov on LTIR all season for him to come back and and play in the playoffs. I don't know about you. I don't think I'd ever heard that guy speak one word until his post-game press conference <laughs> after they won. And he shows up just hammered and he's throwing out phrases that are now on t-shirt. That's number one bullshit, right? Like things like that. Um, that'll be memorable to me, the the lightning. And to watch the Bucks, man, finally get it done after so many, you know, missed opportunities. And and there was a chance, you know, that core wasn't going to stay together much longer. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks were great um, because, again, you look at the history of the NBA, and there's not a lot of winners, right? In the last right. 15, 20 years, you have now the Bucks, you have the Raptors, and you have mm-hmm. the Mavericks, right? And then it's the same teams over and over and over again. It's the Lakers. It's the Heat. It's right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Warriors. Celtics. It's the yeah. Warriors. It's yeah. 
So it's very rare a team kind of breaks through and, and to have a superstar like Giannis, who is kind of universally loved yeah, um, in a very different way, I thought uh, was kind of interesting. It, it did lose something to me because the Raptors were stuck in Tampa. Right. So as much as my interest and you keep up with the league, well, you're a guy who, for people who are new around here, you're not just a casual Raptors. Fan. You're a season ticket guy. You are there every night watching this team. And all of a sudden they're playing in not just, you know, so they're in another country. Like, yeah. And v- feeling very disconnected and yeah. you're not seeing, um, you know, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very different experience when you were a season ticket holder that, you know, obviously was privy to, um, until, you know, six or seven years ago, but, you know, when, when they came back this year and I was at the home, the season opener and the return, it's like you walk in and our usher still there, you know? Right. You know, it's like, like I Great bring to that. I yeah. bring my usher like a Christmas gift, you know, right. like, just, you know yeah. nothing crazy, but you know, like I'll bring him chocolates, you know, sure. last game yeah. there. so it's like people that you actually have real connection with. Right. And you, you know, the people beside you, and you know, the people in front of you and you talk about the game during the season and, um, so that whole experience was really taken away from from a lot of diehard fans, and um, I just, it, so it was a very disconnected feeling. Where even mm. though like we couldn't, any of us could not go to a Leaf game, it felt a little bit different. That yeah, you know, when I'm driving to work and I got to go past Scotia Bank Center or the ACC, mm-hmm. you see the colors lit up when it's game day. It's different. Yeah, the marquee is out there, right? It's so you see a little bit of this, and you go, "Oh, it it gives you this. It gave us this sense of normalcy, right? Right. Um, same thing with the Jays. Like it was. We talked about this a little bit in the summer, but it was very hard for me to get into the Jays until they got back to Toronto, right? Yeah, they're down in Buffalo. They're in Dunedin, eating golf and shit out of a single A ballpark. There, it, it's just not the same thing until they're back in town. I'm glad you've transitioned me here, man. Because before we move off the big four sports and on to other things, let me ask you the bigger story in your opinion. And again, we all have our biases, but I think these are you know we just saw before the MLB uh, lockout took place. The Blue Jays go out, they lock up Kevin Gosman long term, huge contract. Uh, they bring in George Springer not that long ago. You're about to see Vladdy and Bo get paid. And they also locked up long-term Jose Barrios, right? And they are spending money like mad. And that's what a team in the city of Toronto, you know, one of the biggest cities in North America, should be doing. Also, though, this summer, and there was points where it looked like it wasn't going to happen, the Raptors, and apparently it was Edward Rogers who was dragging his heels on their side of it there with MLSE, they lock up Masai Ujiri. He had been working without, a, you know, not without a contract, but there was a period there where he wasn't locked up long term. Um, but that's the guy who built this championship team. One of the most respected executives in the NBA. There were other teams interested trying to lure him out of Toronto, which is the bigger story for you in 2021. The Raptors get Masai Ujiri to stay or the Blue Jays throwing their weight around like a big, you know, like a monstrous organization saying, no, we're doing this right now. I have friends who would be very upset if I was not going to stop you right there and say, <laughs> there is still a chance that you change your mind because we have European champions that might be coming over the TFC. I see. I'm in yeah. their careers. I know, man. I'm Lorenzo Insigne. Yeah, I'm seeing the reports. This is nuts. Looks like he's coming over and it could also be, so he's coming over from Napoli 
Torino's Balotti might also come over. I mean, this would be massive for soccer outside of Europe. Yeah. Not just not just Toronto. This is these A are bloody guys big who, deal. <laughs> let's, let's hope it goes better than that yeah, yeah, situation. Sure this would be sellout stadiums every day. This would be parades when these guys come to get off the plane. Right. These guys are not just players who have you know that are stars. These are guys who just won a major championship in the past six months. Right. This would be absolutely huge. And they're, and they're a, huge and they're worth bringing up, but I'm going to hold you to these two because these are the solo jobs, right? Where MLB and the NBA have one franchise in Canada and yes, the yes, rest it. of it, you're, you're contested in the United States, which is bigger. The MLB, uh, the, the blue Jays saying we're, we're one of the big boys and we're going to act like it or the Raptors locking up someone as respected and huge as Masai Ujiri. It is without a doubt. Masai. Wow. Okay. Without a doubt, not even a question Wow. because the Jays just decided, you know, the Jays, I think have figured out, Hey, we're on this Tampa schedule that every six to eight years, we're going to throw a little bit of money. And then, you know, if it flames out, it flames out and we'll kind of redo it again. Now what this is, man, this is as pessimistic as anything we've said so far. This is just a fake. We're going to do the Marlins thing. We're going to, I think so. I I think so. You know, I, I look back on those like 2015, 2016 teams. Those were fun teams. Yep. They threw some money. They said, you know, hey, we don't think we're going to get over the hump. Previous leadership, though, right? Previous leadership, a little yeah. bit of an older team. And yeah, you know, we got Vladdy and Bull, but this is also baseball where you sign these guys to eight years and you might have two or three runs with these guys, even if you don't do anything. Right. You, know? you might look at guys, teams like in Cincinnati and Atlanta. They kind of like, they take these little runs every couple of years, right? You kind of, Feel out what you've got. You make your run. See if it works. And if not, you know, you trade everybody to the Yankees like normal. Um, <laughs> or let them sign as free agents, right? Like, yeah. That's what baseball is. And uh, Listen, Toronto should be a major player. And until the Jays show us that for the next 10 years, they're going to be a major player the entire time. I'm convinced, man. Well, then, I, I, I disagree with you on this one big time. I, look, I was so stoked. I know you're a bigger Raptors guy than I am. I was so stoked to see Masai was staying. But over the last like calendar year, and even if you want to go back further than that, they bring in Ryu. They spend the money to get that done. They bring in Springer. They spend the money to get that done. They make the trade to get Barrios. They lock him up long term. Um, you're going to see Vlad and Bo get extended. You you go out, you get Kevin Gosman to solidify that. Alec Manoa is going to be a thing. I, I'm not going to pin the failures of the last 15, 20 years of the Blue Jays management up and down on this group. I 25. Would, yeah, yeah. 30 <laughs> at least. Yeah, and okay. But but this group, I didn't like Shapiro and I didn't like Atkins when they came in, but they have won me over over the last couple of years by doing literally everything they said they were going to do. We're going to rebuild the farm system so we have pieces to come up. That's happened. Part of rebuilding the farm system going to have pieces that we can deal. They've done that and they have spent like drunken sailors when it was time to do so, and I like that. I think that's what a big market team should do. Um, I'm stoked Masai is staying, but I think there's a hard time there getting people still to embrace Canada and the Raptors. Getting him to stay was great. What he's going to be able to do again, we'll see. But what the Blue Jays are actually doing right now, and I don't think they're done. When the lockout's over, I think there's more money to be spent. I'm super impressed with the Blue Jays right now. And I don't know that, you know, over the last five years, I would have said that very much. I just, I, okay. How do I say this? Like, I'm obviously a huge Vladdy fan. 
I'm a huge Bo fan. I'm yeah. absolutely in love with Manoa. Manoa mm-hmm. just looks like a guy I want to be best friends with, and I'm not. Speaking of lie shoes, to you right? That. Those Canada Day shoes you wore oh. this year—amazing, man! Way to all... warm up to a nation, like right? you, buddy. These guys all seem to love playing for the Jays. They love being together. Yeah, um, they seem to be embraced the the culture of what it is. Um, and, and very similar to what you've seen with a lot of the Raptors as well. Right? Yeah, guys, kind of leading into, hey, we're here. Let's let's love it, right? Yeah, sure. Um, I think my my pessimism with the Jays is just that, you know, we've been through a couple close runs with these guys, mm-hmm. and what is Rogers doing right now? Are they really committed to it? Are they not committed to it? And I want them to be committed. We, you know, you and I grew up huge Jays fans. I still love the Jays. I want them to be. I want Flatty to be the guy, right? I just think what Masai was able to do with the last ten years is just they'll never be able to write as much about it as, as what should be written about this. Like this, we're looking at a guy who's like a, a truly huge historical figure in the world of basketball and the world of basketball in Canada, what he's doing for giants of Africa, what he's doing, changing how you find players, where you get them, how you develop them. Uh, the fact that he was able to turn a always loser franchise into a championship mm-hmm. um, and a team, you know, a guy that, there was rumors that Washington and New York and these big market teams were basically rolling up the brakes trucks to get yep. because he is more than just your, you know, your average president, your executive, whatever it might be. You know, the jokes always that he's the czar for the Raptors and that's what he is, right? He is, he's got total and utter control. And for an organization like Maple Leafs Sport entertainment to actually just say, Hey, you know what? Sure. We'll actually be hands off. You go do you is huge and tells you how much respect this guy has in a room. And I think, listen, the Raptors might never win another championship, but what he's already accomplished is greater than everything combined before him in this team. No doubt about that. I I think having the ability to lock him up and having that stability might save this franchise, you know, or else, you know, there's a very good chance the Raptors go back to being the Sacramento Kings of the North. I think the ultimate takeaway then from this portion of the conversation is that it's been a very good year for uh, Toronto sports to see both of those guys, uh, for both of those things to occur. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about Masai Ujiri, so I'm going to be very careful arguing your points there. They're all legit, but I also think it's tremendous to see the corner that the Blue Jays have turned, um, and it looks like with a young core and a willingness to spend on free agents, uh, it could be a really solid couple of years for both of those organizations. You mentioned there should be more books written on Masai Ujiri. I just finished one by Doug Smith, long time covering uh, the Raptors called We the North. It was a tremendous read if you're into such things. Highly recommend that. Maddie. we're going to move off the sports thing for a little bit, talk a little music. Uh, the highest selling vinyl album of 2021 was Adele's 30. <laughs> I'm not a huge Adele fan. I assume you're not. I have a ton of respect for her ability. She's got a great voice, all these sorts of things. I don't know how many people are still buying vinyl records? I well, my I question to you, this was my question to you. It's like this is probably telling you two things: the people who were buying vinyls were the hipsters from ten years ago, who are all forty-five now, right? And uh, you know, the vinyl store is probably right beside the grocery store, um, <laughs> or the pharmacy, or the pharmacy, yeah. yeah. Well, and it it was just an interesting way to bring it up because Adele had a big year. It was a big album when that came out. I went back, man. I looked. 
this wasn't a big year for me for music. There wasn't a lot, a lot of new stuff that I discovered. Part of that is my my chugness. Um, <laughs> I'm just I just I'm not attached to the the new stuff. I will say, um, even though it's not normally my type of music, I love Tay Tay's release this year. Right, the uh, the all oh, new two. I did, man. I there we she, go. This Taylor's version. Only in the sense that that I love her sticking it to the old label that she's not happy with. She's like, yeah, then fuck you. I'll just re-release all my albums. I'll own them, and that'll be that. I thought it was a cool kind of turnout that way, but I didn't get a ton of new music. I didn't fall in love with a ton of new acts this year. Was it different for you, this guy who's still slightly more plugged in than I am? <laughs> slightly, uh, what? Less, slightly less chuggy Matt as yeah, they exactly. call me on the street. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. So, what stood out to you this year musically? Again, I would take so much hate if I didn't say this one off the off the off the drop here. But uh, Drake's certified lover boy. Yes. Um, okay. okay, that was that was a huge, huge release uh, for a lot of people. Um, I didn't love everything off of Donda, but it had its moments from Kanye. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm, I just pulled up, not my Spotify, I'm an Apple music guy. So I just pulled up my list here, but you know, I'm going, I'm going through the list and I'm like, okay, you know, this is why I know, you know, some of the biggest songs, definitely more in the dance and the uh, hip hop genres this yep. year. Um, so guys like, you know, a big Sean released a, like a EP towards the end of the year, which was pretty big. Joy to Lucas, uh, Roddy Rich, little baby, da baby, um, it's too many babies. I can't. Too many up. babies. Jack Harlow. Um, you know, obviously he gets a lot of love. Meek Mills as well. There's there were some. Hey, a name. Travis Scott. You know, Travis Scott. Um, he had a rough second half of the year. Real bad second half of the year, but yeah. uh, he did have some hits. And yep. uh, uh, who's who's the one I thought for sure you would have been a fan of was Pooh Shiesty. Uh, I can't believe I don't know more Pooh Shiesty. Yeah. <laughs> I just spent Christmas with my nephew. That was Pooh Shiesty. <laughs> yeah. I figured for sure if there's one rapper Matt's going to feel like he connects with his Pooh Shiesty. No, Matt's uh, still back in the Beastie Boys days. That's yeah. where that's the land I yeah. live in terms of hip hop. You know, I was looking through that list that you sent for music and it was interesting because I expected to see more TikTok dominated songs. Yeah, really? Okay. Which is what I kind of... And again, I'm not a radio person, um, yeah. I'm not sure who is anymore, but right. uh, that's this is what I keep getting told by my, my staff, who's you know a little bit younger than me. That oh, that's the you know that's a TikTok song, or oh, haven't you heard that in this TikTok challenge or whatever? <laughs> and it's interesting to see how TikTok that two years ago most of us had never heard of yep. has now basically become the you know America's top forty. Yeah, well, it just takes that little bit of time to grab hold, and then. It was sort of like five, seven years ago, SoundCloud, right? Where people just started putting out their own music there. And and now it's turned into, you can put your podcast there. You can store whatever audio you want there. But for a while, like there was a real scene on SoundCloud of people like, you know, really creative artists turning their own music on. And it was just an easy way, like a social media feed to just find new stuff. And that seems to have moved over to TikTok and I didn't follow it there, <laughs> but that seems to be how it goes, right? You, you musicians want to be on the thing that's new and hip because that's where people are going to find it. And that all makes good sense to me. I'm just no longer anywhere close to plugged in on that. But, but TikTok this year, um, I think I saw was like number two in terms of platforms that broke new hits, new music, new musicians this year. Uh, and if you're not there as a musician, you, you don't exist to a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, 
interesting the types of songs that break. I mean, I, I can't even tell you what the, the most popular one is now that I keep hearing, but it's like a African reggae tone. Right. Beat. And it's like, okay. I don't think anybody actually understands even what they're saying. Um, <laughs> there's another one that's a Russian rap song. Right. Okay. That apparently like, that, like I actually sent to friends of mine who speak Russian and I was like, what are they saying? And they're like, Oh yeah, no, they're saying some really bad stuff right now. Get down with Canada. Yeah. But <laughs> that would be, that'd be good for this song. Right. Um, but you know, people are using it to do like, you know, before and after things of like getting ready to go out with their family at Christmas time or something. Okay. But all these songs are becoming popular that like, Whoever listened to Russian rap? I know I didn't. No. <laughs> you know, I didn't have that on my 2021 bingo card right. of rappers I was going to start listening to. But this is, you know, all you need is this 30 second clip now from your song to get it popular. It's not even one song off your album anymore. Now it's just a 30 second clip. Did you get to any concerts this year? I did. And uh, I mean, the most memorable one for me is it's going to be the Arkells concert. Right. Um, I managed to get tickets to that first concert in Toronto that Friday night. Uh, you know, I'm a moderate Arkells fan, but was super excited to be there and had a great time. And there was the first time I've seen them live. And what a show. And, and won't, won't forget that. Won't forget that one at all. Um, were you, and, I, I know you came to one of the hip shows in Oshawa. Was that the one where the Arkells opened or was that a different one? Uh, I was not one of the ones I was there for. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's the only time I've seen the Arkells live and they were killing it, but I was also feeling pretty good. No one was about to see Gord, right? I'm really, <laughs> the, the Arkells are one of those bands again that I'm very hit and miss with. Like there's stuff that I really like and I, like, I thought they did a nice job, um, you probably didn't watch it at the gray cup this year, right? They were the halftime show. I thought they put on a good show, but most of the songs I was like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Right. But it, it, they still, I respect what they do. I recognize why they're getting so popular. It's just maybe not necessarily my thing. Um, but when I did see them live, there was an energy there that I wasn't expecting. And it, I did enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Their, their energy was what really kind of surprised me. And uh, you know, again, I'm old enough. I had their first album. <laughs> you know, I had their first album. I think I've had their second album too back on iTunes and yeah. just kind of fell out of that style of music for a little bit. Um, but you know, when I had the opportunity to go back to a concert, I was like, listen, yeah. it could have been Tay Tay. I would have been there. Right. That a boy. See? <laughs> right? I would have been <laughs> shaking off shake the whole way home. Your way all over town. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So I was just going to say, you know, it was, it was one of those moments where you look back and you're like, after a year and a half of this stuff, it was, it was nice to get back and, yeah. and feel alive. And, um, I had one on the agenda. Didn't get to it. 2022. That's, uh, that's a thing. That's a new year's resolution. Finally get back to a concert, but, uh, man, one other musical name as we sort of use this to shift gears a little bit, people magazine named Dolly Parton as one of their people of the year. And Dolly is somebody who, despite having had her biggest hits in the seventies has managed to remain, um, you know, relevant for quite a while. Now you start to think about the things she has done in terms of charity efforts um, with the, the book thing. It's got a name, but uh, she's put out a, a thing since the nineties where she'll send books for free to any kid under five years old. And it's affected millions and millions of children across the world. She also, was part of a charity that was literally funding the Moderna um, yeah. uh, thing that that's what drew so much of her 
back into prominence this year and intention was being part of the uh the moderna vaccine um apparently there was a book this year there's gonna be another book next year i think there was a holiday album called uh like very holly dolly or something like that (laughs) dolly parton man still relevant at 75 years old in uh in 2021 and i should put out just before i hand this to you i think last year it obviously didn't happen but she had told uh, a certain publication she would be willing to appear in playboy again at 75 years old just to set the record just for old there's something something about dolly parton man just resubscribed (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly, Matt. There's something about Dolly this, that that everybody loves, right? That you're you're in in stark comparison. Uh, Time Magazine named Elon Musk their Person of the Year, and there's something, yeah, despite being, this is a guy who is the leading developer of electric vehicles, which we badly need to get to, and commercializing the ability for the average Joe, I know not yet, but to be able to do trips to space and you're that guy both of those things are on your resume and everyone's first reaction is exactly what yours was yeah fuck that guy yeah like how no. how much of a douche do you have to be if i saw that guy i would yeah i'd, I'd probably try to fight him like fuck that guy i just <laughs> so you so you're a Dolly like, parton guy not an elon musk guy listen jolene is one of the <laughs> longest standing bangers the vaccine, fact that you can vaccine vaccine. Yeah. You can play Jolene for people today and they'd be like, yo, who is this? Yes. Absolute what about, banger. What about the YouTube list I sent you? All of these we'll post in the show notes. We'll post on our social media feeds at all can audio. You know, biggest musical hits of on YouTube. Um, you know, biggest Canadian uh you i don't know how much time you spend on youtube i'm less than i used to did anything off that list so jump like, out at you I, again, I, i'm a little bit i always feel like i kind of miss the youtube as entertainment thing i tend to you know i tend to use youtube as a like hey how do i fix this yes i'm that guy i get chewy yep. about Andy it man's corner yeah um the one that i was trying to look through that list and i mean the one that really gets me is the bts and i know you're probably a bigger bts guy than i am I, I just don't get the Korean pop scene. Like that's just not my my space, I guess. I'm still trying to figure I'm Googling here what is BTS. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, getting a no, lot of if, if you wanted you might as well look up Chugi. Keeps coming back to the Chugi New Year's Eve party, man. I and I'm getting some like dangerous images here from medical conditions apparently called BTS. Uh, also IBS creeping up here. I know what that one is. I don't need to see any more images of that. Um, man, I, I, I don't know BTS at all. So they are, it's a Korean pop band. It's like the Backstreet Boys went Korean. Okay. And their fans are crazier than the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC fans combined. The BSB. Yes, exactly. There you go. I know, I know you had that shirt from back then. Oh yeah. Big into that. <laughs> There is a horrible photo. This isn't 2021, I don't think. Maybe it was now that I think about it. The Backstreet Boys were on tour, played Ottawa, and someone took a photo and it ended up on the Red Blacks Instagram account because they, you know, play into the crowd. They all wore Ottawa Red Blacks jerseys for one of those. I'm like, these guys are 50. Like, I don't have a problem with musicians playing as long as they can. And like, honestly, I don't. But it's different when you're playing instruments instead of doing choreographed dance as 50 year old men it, it was 
it was odd, and I really wish they weren't wearing red black jerseys <laughs> while they were. Doing you know what? It. I, 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 just two things I'll say about this. It's like don't forget though they're not they're no longer playing to fifteen year old girls. They're, they're playing. No, to seven, that's true. They're, I they're know playing to 37, 40 year olds who were there. Yeah. yeah. Trust me, I, I got a couple of those friends who you're yeah. like, oh yeah, I. I, I I know it. I know it. Yep. You know, you definitely went to the TJ Maxx for that new outfit before you. you <laughs> exactly. You right. Getting the, all the yeah. same tingles you used to get 20 years ago. Right. And be, listen, before I should talk anybody, I know there's a great picture of me and your cousin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dressed up as Spice Girls somewhere kicking around the oh, internet. And so. wanting it that way. Also <laughs> I, I am not going to talk shit about too many people when it comes to Backstreet Boys and well, and you know what that one does for me, man? It brings me to a face with tears of joy, which was the emoji of the year in 2021. <laughs> You're a more emoji kind of guy than I am. I, I use them very sparingly, but uh, they are everywhere now. There are apparently now something like 3,200 emojis oh in the world. Uh, face with tears of joy was the uh, the emoji of the year this year. No, Matt, Followed I don't... Not, go ahead. I, I was going to say... Um, are, are, do you have your phone handy right now? Uh, yeah, it's got my show notes here. What am I looking yeah, sure. for? Oh, you, what, you want me to go into the favorite? Go, go into your text. I just pulled up. I just pulled our text up. I'm just going to hit yeah. the little uh, emoji face, and I'm going to look at the top, the top favorites. And uh, you know what? Mine is the laughing with tears, but to the of side. Of course, it is to the, yeah. to the oh, side. The, the, okay, that's the uh, rolling turn. on the floor laughing. Yeah, or whatever they call it. Yeah, okay. Which I think mine just are means all... I've completely given up on life completely. Yeah. He's, he's... <laughs> I'm not even sure they're tears of joy now. He's keeled over crying is all that it is. Uh, mine are all, you know what? Because I don't do it often. I got the the beer, beer steins clinking together. I got the headphones. I got the microphone. I got like all shit that I would throw in when I'm posting a podcast episode or shit like that. So these aren't too, too awfully embarrassing. They say most of the this article that we were working off of here says that most of the least used ones are flags, which was surprising to me only because it was an Olympic year, right? You would think maybe people were more interested in using the flag emojis, but apparently uh, not. No one gave a shit. My my, you know, my reason for that would be I think most people actually don't know what flags look like. Right. <laughs> I actually I have I have a good belief system that most people don't actually even know uh, what their flag looks like. I mean. Let's let's be honest. Like the Japanese and Canadian flags, maybe like the Finnish flags are kind of the most like the easiest ones the to fuck up. Flag. No, that's one of the ones that gets fucked up the most. You think, eh? And if oh, dude, if you haven't seen this, it pops up again all my time on TikTok. But people will point this like they'll just go out to like Facebook and like screen grab comments on like crazy shit the Americans say, um, especially after you know Jan six. And people will use there is another flag. And I what was it? It's not. It's, it's not Peru. It's somebody has a very similar flag to the oh, U.S. Oh, no. they're using the wrong flag. They use the wrong flag. It's like <laughs> it's the one with one star instead of you know one okay. for all the states, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's identical except it's got one star, and so many Americans continue to use the wrong flag. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to find that, but uh, yeah. I was surprised just because of the Olympics that people yeah. didn't use it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, no, people aren't loving that. But it's always there's the heart, I think, was second most used. Um, yeah. Face with tears of joy. All these ones that uh, that you see all the time on. Uh, just just because I wanted to do the research here. It's the flag of Liberia. Of Liberia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, Liberia. All those really, Liberians that yeah. marched on the Capitol back see, in January. I mean, 
What were your top shows this year of uh, of 2021 as we move off of YouTube and onto whether it be streaming services or standard TV? No sports allowed here, um, which really limits oh, a lot of my TV watching, right? right? And, okay, yeah, you and, and I, both here. So I, I got to be honest, I did start, and this doesn't count, but I've been rewatching Cheers. <laughs> Back and found Cheers really? okay. on Apple TV. Holds up okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of new stuff, I was just this year. I know it's obviously been out. Uh, this was its third season, but Succession was. Um, I started to hear a ton of people talk about it, so I checked out uh, Succession. And this year, obviously, was uh, the third season. It wrapped yeah. up with a really cool cliffhanger. Um, so I'm big into that now. Moving forward, season two of Ted Lasso, um, obviously, also was huge, and and I did get caught up on that. I know there's a lot of other stuff out there that people are checking out, but those were the big ones for me in 2021. Um, you know, just in terms of what's actually modern instead of stuff from like 1984 that I've just yeah, back you know what? Um, so, man, sometimes we're a little too similar to this stuff. I I went back and started watching um, <laughs> Married with Children. Yes, which ended up on Prime. So I went back right. and uh, started watching that, and I recommend I everybody. The whole series on, yeah. <laughs> so I go, go watch it. I mean, if anybody, if you, if you at all think Modern Family is funny, go back right. and watch the real version of the show, which was yeah, Married when, with Children. When Ed O'Neill was still doing his thing, and yeah, hilarious. I mean, it still holds up. Um, other than that, I, when it comes to TV, I, I, I am a creature Have of habit. Applegate. Yes. Young crush for Matt. Oh, that huge. The, uh, huge, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that and Who's the Boss would be, uh, what's her name for Who's the Boss? That would be my <laughs> other one there. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, if, if, if we want to talk about why we chose TV shows when we were young. <laughs> hey, Angela. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Or did you mean the daughter? I the daughter. Yeah, definitely oh, the daughter. Uh, yeah. Oh, you didn't like Angela? Angela was a little old for me at the yeah. time. Yeah, definitely Mona. You know, definitely. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, you know, the, the other ones I've been watching a lot of, I. I felt like I went back and watched a lot of shows I had already seen, like the Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Archer, uh, yeah. you know, adult cartoon stuff. So um, I watched a lot of that. I'm not sure I, I, I gave Ted Lasso a chance. I, you know, I can go in and out when my roommate watches it, and I don't mind it, but I'm not coming there to, to watch it. The, in terms, I enjoyed it, but it was way overhyped. The number of people yeah. saying greatest thing ever on TV, yes, like, yes. oh, you killed this for me, right? Like, you... you but and but I, I I do enjoy it, but I don't think it's like I felt the same thing for Squid yeah. Games. You know, everybody's like, "This is the okay, greatest yeah. show ever," and I'm like, "It feels like a modern that was retelling the big one of something this year else, that, right?" This I didn't see. I have not watched one second of it, but I understand that it was the big one this year. Yeah. Kind of like a year earlier, we did. Um, there was the Michael Jordan one, and the what was the Tiger, the Tiger Doc, yeah, as well, yeah. So, like every year, it seems like there's one or two of these I haven't watched. Tiger King, yeah, yeah, that was That's it. What we're thinking of, right? Yeah, Squid Game. You know, I I didn't watch it, but it was the one this year that broke the internet. Right? Yeah, like everyone was talking about. It. Um, I think I think of terms of new ones. It was uh, Wandavision. Okay, it was yeah. uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'll admit, uh, and Mandalorian, like those Disney ones, uh, superhero ones, those are kind of my thing as far as right. that type of entertainment. I will admit I'm not a great, I'm not great at being a geek, so I have not watched Loki and I haven't watched Hawkeye yet, but I will get around to it in time. Right. Why don't we talk a little combat sports as we get ready to uh, to kind of move towards the end of this, man. The UFC, not one card this year finished inside the top five of their all-time you know highest selling pay-per-views ever but they finished the year with their 
highest or one of their top five highest earning years yeah. ever. And, uh, you know, some of that is still doing shows from the Apex uh, Performance Center there in Vegas, which is no audiences. Uh, some of it's still in limited capacity earlier in the year. You did see a bunch of stuff in Florida, you, in Texas, in Nevada, where uh, Arizona and uh, Dubai, where stadiums and arenas were open again. But what that says to me is that even though the high end, you know, we did have Conor McGregor fight twice this year, and he's he's a big seller, but maybe not what he used to be. What it's saying to me is maybe the high end isn't quite where it used to be, but the low end is much higher than it used to be, right? Even the average card, more people are buying. What was your take on um, combat sports this year where we saw the Paul brothers, <clears throat> you know, break in with whatever yeah, they're doing yeah. on the boxing side, even AEW on the wrestling side, whether you want to call it sports or not, has shown in the key demographics, they can go head to head with WWE. It's been an interesting year in, in combat sports. Well, I, I think you got it. It's the low end is better than it used to be. The low end is maybe more mediocre than it used to be. And there's always at least somebody you want to see. Yeah. And I think the other thing is everybody's been home, right? So yeah. where it used to be, you know, I've got one, you know, obviously me and you would, you know, go see fights and we would always get together for like the huge ones. Right. And, right. you know, granted we used to be like poor students at the time or like poor <laughs> young adults. So we'd be like, you know, we'd all pitch in for like the $50 thing. We'd all be like, right. everybody give me your 10 bucks, right? To like get this yep. now. Yep. We're a little bit more established in our life now for sure. Um, I think with everybody being home, where in Toronto, it's kind of like me and I've got like one other buddy who's the other guy who always wants to watch the fights. And we're yeah. always, we used to be like, hey guys, who wants to stay in and watch the fights? And people would be like, I want to go to the bar. I want to do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested. Now everybody is like, hey, so when's that Jake Paul fight? Hey, right. when's the Mayweather fight? Hey, when's the Nunes fight? And yep. you're planning stuff around the fights again, probably like they did back in the 90s, right? Like when this was bigger. So yeah. um, I think, and I know there's a little bit of a Jake Paul, Paul brother stuff making boxing a little more popular again, but the pandemic might have saved boxing, quite frankly. It might Elaborate have on boxing. that. What do you mean? Because I think forcing most of Europe and North America to stay home has put an increased amount of people just consuming and we need more things to consume because we're not over. something to do on a Saturday night. Yeah. And, you guys and I, punch each other, again, you're, you're looking through, you know, TSN needs more content. Well, the NHL is not playing. Well, guess what? Yeah. Now they've got an interview with Tyson Fury, right? Oh shit. Tyson Fury is a really engaging guy. Let's keep doing Tyson Fury stuff. Yeah. Next thing you know, Tyson Fury Wilder has got out of this world by rates. And if yeah. you watch, I, I think you did watch that. Uh, the third one, Tyson Fury and uh, Wilder. Did, yeah. And that yep. might have been, the greatest boxing fight I have seen live in our lifetime. I mean, right. somebody would argue there's, there's gotta be an Ali fight with Frazier sure. up there at some point, but in the, you know, since I've cared about boxing with Mike Tyson in the early nineties, I have never seen a fight like that across any weight class and everybody unanimously loved that fight. Um, and having kind of like a chubby gypsy, English guy as your heavyweight champion, it's kind of fun, right? Like, yeah, there, there's something well, it reminds you of Kimbo a little bit, right? Like, yeah, there's just some guy who also turns out to be an absolute killer, right? and he's like, kind of like he kind of plays up the like when he was when you know when he was first champ before he lost it all on drugs and, and gambling and all that sort of shit. Um, <laughs> relatable, you know, he, he kind of you know, he was he was definitely more in shape, yeah. and now that he's back, he kind of just plays it up. He comes out to ACDC, he 
he shows up in Vegas with his shirt off and tiny whiteies like spandex. He's like, yeah, man, like I'm chubby, whatever. I'm also the most dangerous man on the planet. Like I'm six, five or whatever. And you can't touch me. You know, it's just, right. there's something enjoyable about him. He's, he is that perfect amount of WWE without being yeah. Conor McGregor, like annoyingly Conor, Conor McGregor, you know, he's kind of got that, just that right capture. And I think, right. you know, in boxing, we do love, you know, there is something about like a, a British champion. There's something about that very kind of like lineal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just been able to capture everybody. And I don't think it happens without the pandemic because I don't think enough people are watching it or, or care to watch it. I wonder how much, even on the UFC front, as you spread this out, it's something you touched on a few minutes ago. We used to all get together to save a few bucks. And like, yeah, you and I have been to some fights, right? We went a couple times in Toronto, went down to Montreal and, and watched them live. But you'd get together with buddies to watch the UFC pay-per-views, the, even if they were, you know, when they weren't in your hometown yeah. and you'd split the cost throughout the group. But now you couldn't get together. And so I wonder how much of it is maybe being artificially inflated by the fact that I still really want to see this one. So I'll buy it, even though it's just me. And the three guys that I might have split it with before are also buying it, you know, on their own. And so it's four buys instead of one. But I do think there's just a an increased bit of attention on on the sport. And I've said before, like to me the sport has never been better in terms of, you know, the low end to the bottom end, all the way up, like the, the guys who can compete and hang at that level and, and have entertaining fights. This last year has been tremendous, but the star power has never yeah. been lower, lower, right? Like and the I, personalities that, that can make you want to buy a fight um, and get out and talk shit or just be big personalities like a Conor McGregor, like Conor McGregor, in terms of attitude and everything, he's still every bit what he once was. He could talk yeah. into buying something, but he can't live up to it anymore. And so I think that's yeah, part of it. Doesn't that come hand in hand, though? Doesn't that come hand in hand? We saw this a little bit, you know, guys like you and me who have been watching UFC since, you know, we went to Blockbuster to get the VHS tapes, you know, of UFC like one through five and watch Dan exactly. Severin, right? And there, yes. there was this point where like it was an oddity and then it became a thing, right? And when it became yep. a thing, you had Tito, you had Chuck and uh, Matt Hughes, Rand, right? Randy Couture, and Randy, right? But you had yeah. you had guys who were very good at one thing, but they were big enough names that they brought the sport up. Yeah, and then you had this brief period of time where you had guys like George St. Pierre who were kind of good at everything, right? But there weren't enough of those guys. So a guy who like George St. Pierre, not the most marketable. A guy like Anderson Silva, not the most marketable. But because they were so I'd, ahead of their time, they inherently were marketable, right? Yep. Yep. And definitely within their own home countries, but like worldwide, you have to respect them. And I think then, that's where we are again now. That, that's what I was going to say. And yeah. then you, you got to a point where like, Jan Blahovic, everybody right? kind of you... got caught up to them. And then yeah. it was the Conor McDavid who, or McGregor, McGregor sorry, who's the yeah. loudest, who's now the most yeah. marketable. But now everybody's caught up again. Yeah. And you got, you got a guy named Jan, who I couldn't pick out of a fucking lineup. Yeah, Jan Blahovic and to me, Israel Adesanya is not a great talker. Kamaru Usman wasn't, but he's getting better, which is great because he might be the best pound yeah. for pound fighter on the men's side of things. Yeah. Amanda Nunez, got, not a great talker. Yeah. I'm killer. You got Nagadu, right? Nagadu. Yeah. Um, Shevchenko again. Yeah. 
great fighter, not a great talker, right? So if if you're looking to sell this like WrestleMania on big names and big personalities, it's not there. Yeah, you there's need no people who, There's no, no. <laughs> McGregor. You don't, you know, you're even a guy like Dustin Poirier, who you know I've loved for a decade now. He's too likable. Too likable. Like, we need a douchebag who wants to get punched. Like <laughs> I, I'm buying this to see someone get punched in the face. I want to see that guy lose. That's not him. Yeah, but he's also not a. I don't know. It's 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 one of those things in the business right now that I think people who like mixed martial arts are buying the fights more than ever before, and that's what's bringing up that low end. But in terms of making record breaking sales. We're not seeing it. You're not seeing like, those top end guys that can transcend sports and just make the average Joe go. I need to see what that's all about. I'm going to buy that. Well, to, to tie this in, Matt, and, and you know, we were joking around the other yesterday night about F1, um, but this point I remember hearing. I was listening to some some uh, sport media guys talk uh, just a week or two ago, and about especially about the rise of F1, and they're saying, "Yeah, I don't know." Like obviously in the U.S., NASCAR is huge. In Canada, mm-hmm. it's kind of always been a little bit of a split. Um, between like IndyCar and NASCAR and a little F1 because we got the one race in Montreal and right. definitely some lineage from the Villeneuve's. But Europe and, and Asia is very F1 dominated, obviously. Right. Netflix saved F1. Yep. I, I can't, okay, I can't say it saved it, but took it to the next level, especially as for as a North American crowd. We're like, I Maddie, don't have that. Friends. What was it, two weeks before Christmas? Yeah. When the championship race went up? I got up Saturday. I don't follow it. I haven't watched the series, although I need to clearly. And I, so I don't follow the sport. My entire Twitter timeline was all F1. That was it. There was nothing else. And it had a crazy finish. I won't pretend to try to explain, (laughs) but people watched this show on Netflix and went from, I couldn't possibly care less about F1 to F1 is the thing I must get up early on Sunday to yes, watch. Yes. Sa- Saturday and Sunday to watch. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, it did very much what ultimate fighter did for fighters. Yep. 15 years ago. Great it call. made you care about the people because or else you're just looking, you're like, why do I care about a McLaren? Why do I care about a Ferrari? Yep. But if I care about the people who are driving the cars, yes. Yep. now I care about the car. And what's happening. And I, you know, in, in true European fashion, right, you can cheer for a guy who's never going to win and be happy when they come forth. Right. Right. Like European soccer teams are like, hey, my team finished sixth. This is the best year ever. I and didn't it, get relegated. Yeah. And in Canada, we'd be like, you guys are a bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> like, right. You're basically, you know, you're the Ottawa Senators. Why are you so excited? <laughs> but to them, they're like, hey, yeah, we know we can't compete with this team. You know, we're not, we don't have, the, the Russian money or the oil money. Our whole, our championship is coming forth. This is what we're aiming for. That's very much similar to F1, right? Where you've got teams like, um, McLaren's kind of on the, on the come up right now, but you've got teams like Williams, um, right. Austin Martin, um, Toro. They're not ever going to win. Their job is to be competitive in the middle. Yeah. And they're Keep good the with that. Float. Keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. Keep finding the new drivers. Be entertaining. Yeah. That will eventually leave. That will leave for Ferrari, right? Like that's (laughs) their job, right? It's a feeder system, but that's how it all works. Um, And I think that, that, you know, that series made this possible. And again, we were all at home and everybody was like, sure, I'll watch this Netflix. And then it becomes this thing. And and this is why I love that you said about the Twitter thing, because this is what they brought up on the sports business podcast. It was, do people even love the sport? whether it's 
boxing, whether it's UFC, whether it's F1, or do we love Twitter so much? We have to be part of the conversation. You have to. This is what everyone's talking about today. I'll I watch have it to be there because I can't yeah. be there two hours later because then it doesn't matter. Right. I right. have to be there. And this is part of my new community because we're all away <laughs> from each other right now. And whether that is, I mean, I think it's exposed people. And like, I, you know, I just retweeted the F1 tweet that wasn't even drivers of the year. It was drivers of the year as voted by other drivers and right. the amount of people who started commenting on it was hilarious <laughs> right well, and, and that's it like i i this is one of those things as the perfect comparison right everyone says what and countless times i've had guys on to talk about ufc they all say oh i fell in love with it with the ultimate fighter season one and it was a thing that that went from being a pay-per-view sport to a reality television show where you got to know the fighters and then they would put the big fight at the end of the day on pay-per-view and all of a sudden you're in. I understand the sport now. I want to see these guys do well and you move on from there. That's what this show did. This 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 F1 show on Netflix. Everyone watched it as a reality show, as a bingeable thing while you were stuck at home. And then, well, I'm obviously going to watch the race Sunday and see what happens here. And that's how you get on the map now. It's just a totally different business model. Yeah, it's... it's- it's very interesting, right? It's it's understanding how the world is changing so quickly. People just re- and your and, point about this is what people are talking about on Twitter today. So I better be part of it. Is a huge aspect to this, right? It's seeming like the in thing, the hip thing, which F one wasn't, and now it is, and that makes all the difference. I've, everyone I know is talking about this. I better know what's up. Um, I, it is on my list. And I told you I I'd get that F1 talking here today. I told you. I, for sure, man. I knew it was coming. And uh, so we'd leave the door open for it. Um, look, it's been a hell of a year on a bunch of fronts. Um, we've also seen, you know, this be the last thing I say, you know, whether it's kind of heavy, it is, it is what it is, right? Climate change, we watched the world come up short this year in terms of the, uh, you know, the conference that they had. And then most people came away saying it's not enough. It's not going to be enough. And you watch California and even Western Canada burn. And then you see record flooding in Tennessee. You watch Texas have their entire electrical system go down based on cold, whatever, you know, about the climate, and this is why they stopped using the term global warming and started going with climate change. It's everything that you've seen continuing to get more extreme, right? It's, it's not that Texas is hot. So it will always be hot. Texas will get weirdly cold sometimes and it will crush your electrical system. BC will have half of their highways just fall apart because of um, avalanches and landslides and things like that. It's become a real thing and no one is doing enough at this point. And we came away from another one of these important conferences having not done enough. And you basically know every summer, California and Western Canada are going to be on fire. You saw Oregon and and Washington State set all-time records with uh, temperature highs this year in areas that that doesn't happen. That shit's real. And it's very much to me, I saw a great tweet that framed this all very well. I'm not going to try and quote it perfectly, but it was also in relation to the pandemic that whatever it is that you're trying to fight, you're probably not going to solve it as an individual. Individualism won't fix this, right? While we're trying to battle the pandemic and, hey, look, we got double jabs in the overwhelming majority of North America. Yeah, Yeah, two thirds of the world is still not vaccinated at all. And so it's mutating there and coming back to haunt us here. The pandemic and climate change will continue 
repeatedly to teach us a lesson, no matter how corny it sounds, no matter how lame it sounds, this has to be a community effort. You have to do it together or it just isn't going to work. And we're seeing it on climate. We're seeing it on the pandemic. It will continue to teach us that lesson as long as we refuse to learn it. And um, that's sort of where we're at. I know it's a little sobering to end the, the conversation on that, but those are important topics. Those are important lessons. We have to learn. We have to do this together. Uh, good words, Ben. Listen, humanity doesn't get there, doesn't get here without a little bit of that thought process. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's it's time for a lot of us to look inwards, to look outwards again. Anything else on 2021 before we wind down the Chugi New Year's Eve party? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> that that will never not be funny to me. No, Sorry, I know. This is uh, it. This is now Chugi Matt. This is what, we, this is what I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, it's, listen, every year, I, I think you'd agree with me, it, it seems to fly by quicker and quicker, and, you know, we, we look for that little bit of normative parts of our lives, even before all this craziness, and uh, I, I, I really hope we can get back to, uh, you know, at least you and I were able to get together for a couple days this summer, um, awesome. and hang out and just, you know, a little bit of normalcy, and uh yep just just hang out and be buddies again in real life which was really awesome so um you know obviously here's to more of that here's to hopefully being able to move through this um more sporting events um more of those things that that help us create those memories because i think a lot of our memories collectively um as friends uh whether they be at home or at or at events uh with families um like you know even stuff like you know being there on uh new year's eve and watching uh Canada US with you and your family right up at the cottage right. so yep. many years we were up doing that and having fun up around the fire and I think that's the thing you know two years later we're all really starting to miss and um, if there's if there's my one hope you know it's that uh, we all start to get back to that sense of normal yeah and and you brought it up I'm glad you did you know back in the summer I spent a couple weeks at the the family cottage and and you were good enough let me tell the people what kind of guy Maddie Lang is he he drives up from Toronto just because you know it's within striking distance now as opposed to the the 4 hours between us that it sometimes is and just hang out drink a couple beers have a you know couple of whatever barbecued hot dogs whatever it was just hang out for a couple of days and and catch up and and you know, I, I, my New Year's Eve last year, my, the end of 2020 for me was about two hours after the ball had dropped. We'd switched the year. And I get a, uh, a phone call as I'm just winding her down and climbing into bed from, uh, he's had a couple, a reasonably well served Maddie Lang, who's just <laughs> calling to say, hope things are good, man, because uh, I live alone. Um, I wasn't alone on New Year's Eve, but, but that's the type of guy Maddie Lang is. He he checks in on people. He he makes sure everyone's having a good New Year's Eve and uh, just, you know, a loyal guy to the end. And we can say that right here, right now, as he sits in and, and hosts the New Year's Eve show. Um, man, it, we're lucky to have you be a part of this and everything that you do for the show. Like like we said earlier in the week when the World Juniors got canceled, it's Maddie who's going to jump on and, and go, yeah, I got... I can do that. I got shit to say. I can <laughs> appreciate you, man. And everything that you've done for me, both on and off the microphone, you're, you're a good dude and, uh, value everything you bring. Ah, uh, man, I really appreciate those, those really kind words, man. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, you know me, man, uh, look out for the people you care about. And, uh, I encourage everybody to do the same, right? Just 
everybody's got people we care about and just be nice to everybody because you never know what people are going through, right? You never, you never know what's behind that door. So just smile, be helpful and, you know, always check in on the people you care about. Maddie, thanks so much for doing this. Happy Chugi New Year's. Happy Chugi uh, New Year's, my man. <laughs> we'll wind this one down here in the same way that we always do. Uh, Adam Sandler and Miley Cyrus. No love without freedom. And it's, it's the way we end every New Year's Eve show. We'll do it the same way here tonight. Um, happy New Year's, everybody. We will see you in 2022. I firmly believe it will be better than 2021. Stay with it. Check in on people. We'll see you in 2022. Happy New Year. I'll take it by your silence. I'm free to walk out. By the look in your eyes I can tell You don't think I'll be back For more I try to think of a world Where you could stay And these safe hands could go Hold your
East, everybody.